Welcome to the pea pod. And just like the peas in a pea pod, each human is here to have experiences that will contribute to the growth of all. Here at the pea pod, we will examine some of these experiences and glean the lessons learned, the truth uncovered, and come to a deeper understanding through our sharing. Grab your popcorn, get comfortable, maybe even a paper and pen, and get ready for an amazing time with your hostess, Terry Angel, a woman on a mission to bring change, especially in the arena of peace into our world. And here she is. Here I am. <laughs> Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the pea pod. In meditation, the angels showed me an image of a pea pod, and inside of it was all of us, with no exception. We are all one, they explained, and we are all fed by the same source, the creator. So this is a gathering of the peas in a safe container in the pea pod. It's an incubator for love allowing each unique person to speak, expressing with love, and sharing hope into our world. The topic today is building community. And what does that look like? Germany Kent says, when you sign on to making a positive impact in your community, your story, including your life experiences, skills, and passions, will provide inspiration to others. Today, I'd like to welcome Robert Levine and Dr. Ruth Anderson to the Peapod. Welcome. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. So good to have both of you here. And I know that you're both familiar with building communities and making impacts in our communities. So let's talk about what that looks like. And what was your vision? as you set about to make a difference in the world. So I don't know who wants to go first, but let's discuss that. Robert, do you want to go first? Sure, let me take a, let me jump into it. So Terry, you know, it's really, I think you're using the correct word when you use vision, because the vision has been something that has, um, it's something I've always felt. Um, community has always been a critical component to me, even, even when I haven't felt I've had it, and you know, at various parts in our lives, we don't. And um, the vision is that the community is what allows us to grow, allows us to be whole, allows us to explore ourselves and to explore our possibilities and to provide support. And the community surprises us in ways we couldn't even imagine I've been very fortunate to be part of some amazing communities throughout my life. And um, one in particular is the We the World community, which you both know quite well. Rick Ulfick founded it. But what made Rick's vision so wonderful is that it allowed room for other people to express their vision, their vision of what their community would look like. And I'm um, very blessed by having everyone 
in the we in the we world be part of my community. In that it'll and it was exactly um, just to give an example. I'm currently the editor of Trends in Global Grassroots um, global, uh, global Grassroots Organizing, which is the magazine that comes out of we. And the way it developed is because I was in the community, I was part of it, I was active to the extent that I could until Rick one day, because I'm, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, as well as I've been an activist since I can remember. Um, and Rick came to me with a vision of starting this online magazine. And in it, so I agreed, I took it on, though I felt intimidated by it, but I realized my community was opening itself up to me to serve it, but also to serve myself too. But getting to do something I love, which is writing, which is reading, which is sharing people's visions. And that's the most exciting part in that in community, we have common visions, but we each have a vision. And the wonderful part about being the editor of a journal, of a magazine, is you get to share, and I, I get to see the visions of, of, of the other writers, of the other um, visionaries that are part of that. And when we get to each express our visions, we expand the vision. We expand the vision of what a just world would look like. Because we each have a different, even though we're, we have a commonality in what we believe a just world would be, everyone has a slightly different slant on it. And that's wonderful. Because I've been part of, I've been part of um, communities as an activist in which there was a very narrow point of view. And if you weren't, if you didn't share that narrow point of view, because you could have community, but it's, it can close off, it can limit you. And that's not kind of the community I know anyone, um, any of us is really about here. Um, and in the WE community, which is the example that I've lived with, and I've got, gotten to be part of many wonderful local communities like that, it gives us a chance to express ourselves and to add our unique perspective to that larger vision. Yeah, that's quite a vision that Rick had and then expanded and keeps expanding and growing. And, and I know we have different um, parts of it that are the outreach that we do, such as peace and global um, you know, climate control and that type of thing. So yeah, we can each bring our own individuals, you know, our, our opinions, our skills mm -hmm. and our drive to each one of that. So thank you. and and. Yeah, I want to hear more about uh, some of this stuff that you got going on with trends. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I wanted to go to Ruth and talk about um, Enlightened World Network. What a wonderful community you have built. So Enlightened World Network was not my vision. I've, I'll be really clear on that. I work with Archangel Michael, and it was Archangel Michael's vision mm -hmm. that I create a network and I allowed him to give me guidance on every step through the way. What hosts are going to be on um, doing meditations a day. I had zero intention of creating an enlightened world network. 
So sometimes I think, you know, the vision might come from other people or might come from divine guidance or whoever. So Enlightened World Network is a safe community. And it's a safe community for folks to come and meditate together, to pray together, to have shows on YouTube and Facebook that have to do with becoming your best spiritual self. And that is really what Enlightened World Network is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's safety with each other to enable each other to just be your fullest. And um, I, I don't reach out to people. Generally, people come to me. And then I literally sit with Archangel Michael and ask, is, is this a good first person to add to the, to the network? And once somebody gets that yes, then it opens up doors for other people to connect with that person. It's really just kind of fascinating the way that that works. Um, really, what I have found with Enlightened World Network, anybody that comes in, the expectation is that they grow. Yes. And either it's because they're being asked to stretch somewhere to teach a new course or to heal a relationship or just take on new skills as a podcaster or, you know, a group leader or teaching a class or whatever. But personal growth is at the forefront of every person that comes in. So, yeah, safety, safety in a spiritual community. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's such an important point to make. And because I think a truly, a truly loving love, a truly loving community, a community that's about life, does support us in our growth, challenges us, offers us safety while we take the chances, while we explore, while we experiment. Again, that's been my experience. That's been my experience with a number of communities, which includes the, the we community, but they'll give you give you the opportunity. Um, and that's so critical because that's how we build community. That's how we build a transformative world. I'm a political scientist by training and, um, had, and, and, and people had, and what I started to understand my work is that I wasn't, you know, I studied American politics, public policy, but I realized that that was, you know, that was fine and it has its place. And, but what was really critical to me is to start envisioning transformative politics, politics of transformation and renewal. And in a transformative politics, we support each other to support our growth, but to support the growth of the world, of our institutions. Um, so it's about transformation, not about revolution. The problem with revolution is that, is that the revolution takes us back to where we started from. It just takes us right back in a circle. So it's really about a transformative culture, which, which gives people the opportunities, which supports people in those opportunities to relate to each other, to relate to ourselves and to relate to the world and to the universe in all of its forms. Transformation instead of revolution. That should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been a part of um, the talks about the Department of Peacebuilding, and mm -hmm. I see how transformative that can be and building a community to support that. That's what we've been working on so far is getting community involved. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about is getting the community behind this transformation and helping them see how can we all get behind this? How can we make a difference? That's what community mm -hmm. is about, is like-minded people wanting to make an impact, wanting to make a difference. Yep, totally agree, Terry. Yeah. So we had an interesting thing happen during the lockdown. Um, it was in March of 2020, and everybody didn't know, nobody knew what was going on. We all were like wondering, are we going to have a world tomorrow? <laughs> it was just a scary time for everyone. And organically, there was a community that was built. And it, um, it just happened. It just came together so quickly and so beautifully. And it was all of us just reaching out and saying, is there anybody out there? And I think that's one of the beautiful byproducts of what happened during that time of not knowing what was going on with COVID, what it was all about, what this lockdown was all about. And I'm, I know we're not the only one that it happened to, but we built a beautiful community during that time that's still thriving. And I see some of them, some of our group, the, the P's that were referred to, I see them online with us right now. And it's so beautiful that we continue to support each other, even now, almost three years later, after we've gone through some of the process of seeing what all of that was about. And it stayed a community. And I think, well, I'll just put it out there to the two of you. What keeps a community together? What keeps us going and thriving? What do you think about Enlightened World Network? What keeps it moving? Besides Archangel Michael, of course. <laughs> um, I think it's the the caring, the person mm -hmm. to person. Yeah. We offer a meditation every day of the year. This is our fourth year of doing that. And so every day of the year, somebody's coming on and sharing a meditation. And it's just that daily check-in. Yeah. And I benefit the most, frankly, because mm -hmm. I host many of them and I get that personal check-in with right. the different meditation hosts. So I'm the big winner out of all of it. But to have somebody else to go into meditation with and just connect in with each other, how are you doing mm -hmm. as a spiritual being trying to walk through this crazy 3D existence? And just holding our hand, you know, holding yeah. hands as we walk through this together. I mean, we're not getting any younger. And our our base is women 40 to 60, well, 60 plus. Um, and we're all just supporting each other. It's it's the it's that connection, right. you know, that which you have with your group every literally every day, checking in with mm -hmm. them and folks it's like they go to your living room and they sit with you yeah. in your living room really it's family yeah. it's creating family that's it it yeah. is family yeah and I, I love that so support such a very interesting and 
vital part of it. Robert, your thoughts? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the last few years because going through what we all experienced across the planet was we learned, started to redefine what we mean by community. Because at first, I know my experience, I first felt really cut off because my community, my main community were in places I was, I was no longer able to access. I live in Brooklyn, that's in Manhattan. It's not a big issue, but you know, we weren't riding the subways, we were staying home. I'm also was very active in, a, in the yoga community out in New Jersey. We couldn't get to each other. So the first reaction is we're cut off from each other. But then when we realized that we weren't, at first it was on the less subtle level, we have things like Zoom, which is why I could be there with the two of you, which is so wonderful and I could share this with you. But as we started experiencing that we could have an international community through accessing the technology, but I, I felt that started opening us to realize that we can connect in many different ways as well, emotionally, spiritually, we could, when we start opening up to the possibilities of connecting to a community, we realize we don't have to be person to person. We have the technology, but then we also could connect through our other senses, our other experiences. And it started opening us up to that because we are creatures that need community. We thrive in community and we would, and we wither. I mean, granted, I do know some people who love being by themselves and are hermits, but I think the fact that they live in the world and know others are there is still supportive of them because no matter how alone you are, you're never really alone. And that's a hard concept for some people, especially given the society we live. We're all in our apartments and houses and so many people are, feel cut off, but when you open up to the fact that community, it can be expansive. And I think the whole experience of COVID, sort of if we were willing to listen, and I think a lot of people were and are willing to listen, you realize community can be so expansive and be so open and, and just be universal. Yeah, it truly is. And, and you're right, there's that desire in all of us to socialize. And when we were told, no, don't go out your front door, <laughs> we're like, whoa, what do you mean? I have to be by myself or my family that's here with me? So yeah, I think that was a huge thing for everybody worldwide. It's like, I, I need my peeps. <laughs> yeah. So Enlightened World Network was already in place at that time, wasn't it? It was. It was already in place. And we immediately started putting things in to help folks come together. One of them was dining together. Do you yes, remember? I remember the virtual that? dinners. Yeah. yeah. So we did that maybe eight weeks in a row yeah. where we just invited whoever wanted to come on, just bring your food with your Zoom and let's just have dinner together. There was something really calming and grounding mm -hmm. about that because that was at the height of the angst 
Right. We, we don't know what the, is this my last Easter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that feeling very clearly. So yeah, it just brought a lot of comfort to know that we weren't alone. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much fear and the fear of the unknown. And I remember how I really grabbed onto like those meditations. And it's like, let's let's just come together and meditate and you know, open our hearts and you know, be soothed and comforted by spirit. And it just made such a big difference to be able to do that. It was a lifesaver for yeah. me. Absolutely. For a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how do we move forward? We don't have a pandemic right now. So how do we, it's, it's like one of the questions that was in um, We the World in our think tank. How do we create a world that works for everybody? And how do we have that sense of community, that sense of coming together without something explosive, without feeling like the world's falling apart. So let's grab onto each other. How do we motivate people to continue to come together as a community to really lift each other up? Well, you answered it actually. Grab on to each other. <laughs> don't don't wait for the pandemic. Don't wait for the crisis. Go ahead and grab on to each other and bring that person in. I think we have so many disenfranchised folks. And I think that's why we're seeing escalations in shootings and violence and um, isolation. So grab onto someone, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're touching on something so important because it's so, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to once again isolate. And, you know, I think we all see it. And I think it's um, really urgent that each of us responsibly say, you know, okay, but I'm not going to accept that. That's not, that's not okay. And even if others aren't reaching out, right, exactly, we can reach out and to continue to reach out and to keep that flowing, to find creative ways to open up to each other such as, you know, your network, this wonderful show, you know, and I'm finding that with trends and even on a just personal day-to-day -day basis, just to not let, not let the ties, because we get caught up. We're all, we're all quote unquote busy. I refuse to ever use the word busy because I don't believe in busy. I believe we're all doing stuff, but, to, but we're never busy because we can always find time for what's important if we choose to. And so choose to reach out to people, choose to make connections to the people we've loved or even to people we've never known, to find ways to open up to each other and to just be just loving and honest with each other at all times, even people we don't know very well. Um, just sort of keep that flowing, keep ourselves open open up our hearts, open up our minds, keep ourselves open, you know, because it's ultimately we feel wonderful when we do it. Because when you were talking about the meditation and that you get so much out of it, 
I've been a yoga teacher for many years, haven't taught in a few years, but I know that I felt I got more out of it than my students, that I really felt so uplifted. And I think that's true about, you know, when we reach out to people, when we open up to people, when we create the energy to bring people in, it just, it just, I mean, it, it's, at, at times I feel a little selfish. I, you know, I get so much out of it. At times I think I get more out of it than I feel like I'm giving, but yeah, is 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 to just keep that flowing, especially when you don't feel like you can't on, on, on those days when you're feeling, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't think I have anything to give today. Just opening up to it. And then you realize, whoa, I have a lot to give and I'm getting a lot back in return. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, I, I meet with our, we call it the Angelic River family, the peas in the pea pod. We meet every morning. And, you know, I have those days when I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get up out of this bed. It's nice and warm and cozy. And can I just stay here? And then I hear that voice from the angels and they're like, no because we need that community. We need to be with each other and, and do the check-in and say, hey, is everybody okay? You know, do you need anything? Does anybody need prayers? So our motivation to keep going is that love. It's the love we have inside of us that's going to say, get up out of bed. You know, you know the angels told me a few years ago, they said, it's, it's no longer time to sit on the sidelines and wait for somebody else to do it. It's time for all of us to take responsibility and to get up and do our part and do whatever we can, whatever that looks like. It may not be going out on the road for years, <laughs> traveling around. It may be creating a community where people can come together. But we each have a part to play. We mm -hmm. each have something that we can give. Um, the other thought that hit me is during the pandemic, we we reached out more to those that we weren't physically close to. So family members, friends, close friends, we seemed to be more in touch with them. And then as we came out into the world again, it's like, oh, I haven't called that person in months or I haven't checked in with them. So I think this is a good time. And Robert, you, you said that, a good time to remind people, reach out. You know, pick up the phone. I encourage people every day to just pick one person and say, I'm grateful for you. You don't have to have a reason. Just keep that communication going and keep them knowing that they're seen and they're acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So how, how does that look in for both of you and your lives about reaching out and, and letting people know they're special that, you know, maybe you did that for a while, you know, when it was... We weren't sure we were going to have a tomorrow. And are you still reaching out to those people? I think, I think people have changed. I don't know that anybody is the same as they were at the time when everything started. I think we've all just sure. shifted and changed. And um, the demographic I tend to hang out with, they've all gotten older. <laughs> So, so part of it is adjusting and readjusting how you connect with people. Yeah. And just really making that effort. And, you know, Terry, I, so many times folks have said, 
I'm so lonely. I'm just so lonely. And our answer is always the same. Then get out there and go give to somebody else. You've got something to give. You can't wait for somebody to come to you because guess what, folks? They're not going to come to you. You have to put yourself out into the world. But boy, the blessings for both sides Mm -hmm. when you do that. That's right. So I know I did not answer your question. Oh, it's yeah. came to me in a roundabout way. <laughs> but yeah, when you when you do reach out, it, it's a blessing you have. Yeah. It's just like every morning when I go online with the, the family, I get I think more of a blessing than anybody else that comes in. Yeah. Well, you actually were you reminded me, I have a very good friend for many years um, who I actually thought of, and I'll probably send her a text today, maybe call her later in the week, but she'll often tell me that she, and she'll get a little angry at me because I always call her when she's thinking of me. And she goes, I wish you would let me call you instead of, you know, it's someone I'm really connected with for a very long time. And you know, you kind of want to, you reach out, you, you know, you reach out because you care, because there is a connection. And I think we're co- really connected to each of the people we, well, we certainly at a, at the, at a certain level with all the people we know, because at times it, it can get easy at times to go, oh, you know, it's just, I just, you know, it's just, I'll, just one more thing to do. And, you know, that person doesn't seem to, you know, call back that often but you know it's really our our divine mission to keep on reaching out to other people because whether we know it or not they're probably thinking of us it's you know we we don't know it it's just in that one case there's actually a story i love where um on the level of connection my nephew um who has a little son who's only three and I was upset one evening and he woke up at like 11 o'clock at night and said to his father to call me, to call, to call Uncle Robert. And so he somehow picked up on that I was upset. Now, my nephew went, just thought, you know, didn't think anything of it. I went, no, I can't call them. They're, they're so late at night. And he ended up calling me the next day. And I said, well, he was right. I was not feeling that great. So I think we are, we are all connected. We are all attuned to each other, whether we know it or not. So it's important, especially when someone pops into our head, because they might actually be thinking of us. They might actually be thinking, you know, I want that connection. And sometimes they don't feel like they can, or they'll feel like they're being a bother, or they feel, oh, just not up in the mood for being on the phone or, but chances are that, that everyone is thinking of each other. We just kind of get in our own way a little too often. So just be open to that possibility of connecting and, and, and of always connecting and of being open to connecting. And the more we can connect, it's a muscle too, being open and connecting. It's a muscle. We, gotta, we have to use it. When we use it, it becomes stronger. And so you, you, so, so you feel it, you got to do it. 
Well, you know, Robert, that brings something to mind. I was talking about the demographic that we live in. We've got a number of folks that are sick, you know, that are facing major life issues. And when we're out of touch with folks for a couple months, their world could have turned completely upside down yes. in that amount of time. And, and we might not even get the opportunity to connect in at all with them anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we just can't take folks for granted the way mm -hmm. we used to. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I had a phone call this afternoon. My, the man who um, actually hired me um, in the, in the, into the group I'm still working in uh, over almost 30 years ago, and he retired. He's dealing with illness right now, and he's, he's getting better, fortunately. He seems to be improving, but it was, you know, very serious, life-threatening illness. Um, you know, I think, I think of him, like, about every two weeks, I think of him, and I make that call, and, and even if he can't talk long, you know, I know how much that call means to him, and I know how much it means to me to hear his voice, to hear that he's getting better in this case. Now, if he's not getting better, the last thing I wanna do is not to speak to someone I love and then find out one day that right. they're no longer on this planet. Even though how it's very sad, but it's, I would rather know I'm connecting with them than never hearing their voices. I, I wanna hear their voice until they're no longer talking. Yeah, how sweet is that? That is. You know, we just had one of our um, our Peapod family members that lost her mother. And I've watched her grief process. And one of the things that she always says every time she tells us how she's doing or something that's going on, call your mom and dad if they're still alive. Call your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Call those people that are close to you. Hear their voice and check in with them. It's so important. We never know, you know, that they're going to be there. Like you said, you know, you don't know that tomorrow you might pick up the phone and, you know, they're no longer there. So, yeah, what a great reminder for us all to communicate, to just keep in touch, do the connection. I think if, if there's one takeaway from our conversation today, it's how important connection is. And to to do your part in it. Don't sit back. Like the angel said, you can't sit on the couch and just wait for that other person to call you. And, you know, my, my family is, um, they don't pick up the phone and call. So if I want to talk to my family members, I'm the one that's always making those phone calls. Or if they do on that rare occasion, when I get the phone call, I am overjoyed that somebody is reaching out that I love. So that may be what your loved ones are, are waiting for. Pick up the phone and call them. And Julie Kiss says, yes, call mom and dad. <laughs> so I or, think in my case, or in my case, my parents are long gone, but to, but to call my brother, to call my nephew, to call my niece, to call my dear and close friends. It's, you know, it's just, it's, and I think it's something you just said was so important. Yeah. And the world's not going to change if we sit back and wait for someone else to change it. Oh, let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah.
and and we always get the nudge we always intuitively get those hits to do something you know and like i said it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and do this big action but maybe it's to write an article that somebody is going to read somewhere that touches them and makes them start thinking about oh when was the last time i reached out when was the last time i connected yeah. so yeah so the, the words we speak on programs like this or the writings or the, the meditations, whatever means it is, it, you know, spirit can use anything to get the message across. So if you're having that, that thought of, oh, I'm supposed to do this right now, I'm supposed to call this person, it's, it's like you said, Robert, that telepathic signal goes out. If somebody's talking about us or thinking about us, we're going to know it. And the reason we do is because we're connected. We're all one. You know, we just think that we're separate. We uh -huh. just, uh, our physical bodies are different, but we're not separate. That's, uh -huh. that's the illusion of this world because we're all connected in with, with one mind. You know, Terry, I would like to hear from Robert about Trends Magazine. Yes, let's talk about Trends Magazine. Why, thank you. I really appreciate your bringing it up. It's a, it's a wonderful journal. It's, Trends has been now around for two years. It's a quarterly journal. Um, it's called Trends in Global Grassroots Organizing. And it's, we're trying, to, well, well, our goal is to let people know about all of the wonderful powerful work that's being done throughout the world or the idea of thoughts about how we can make a difference um it's based on the structure of we the world and its 11 themes of global unity so it's unity interdependence environment peace um economic justice and so on to have each article focus on an aspect of that and we might highlight an organization that's doing powerful work. Um, this past year, we highlighted an organization. Um, it's actually my wife's uh, business coach, but she has an organization to support people that are considering suicide and to support the families if their loved one does commit suicide. Essential work to support someone, to offer people a long community also highlighted organization that supports children that are, it's the Rosenberg Fund for Children that um, supports children whose families are being persecuted for political reasons. So it's to bring awareness of the organizations that are doing this valuable work and also to share concepts. In, in our past issue, someone who's an urban, who's an urban um, arborist talked about our connection with trees and the role, the critical role that trees play in fighting um, climate change and how vital trees are to our world and to us and to our survival and our connection to trees. So it's to bring positive information um, to help, because we want to give people encouragement and support. We acknowledge the challenges in the world we know there are terrible wars. We know there's, you know, um, there's been a lot of injustice towards women, especially in the last few years, and towards racial minorities and just the world in general. 
we acknowledge that while we share the good news that we can make a difference, that there are people out there making a difference, doing the hard work. And, and that's what we try to do in trends. So it's trends.we.net. And I would, you know, I would encourage folks to go on, read it, and to contribute articles. Um, Terry has been a regular contributor and just has contributed some amazing um, pieces. Um, um, and Ruth, if you'd, you know, um, after you've um, checked it out, I'd love for I'd love for you to contribute as well, you. if you feel that's something that you're called to do. So, thank you for bringing that. I think it's making a difference. We've been now we've been around now for two years. We've just put out our eighth quarterly issue, and um, it's completely not profit. Nobody nobody makes a dime off of it. <laughs> it's truly a work of love and the, and the people who write for it are truly sharing their love. So it's, I'm very honored to be the editor in chief. And we have a person who does a production, Angel Fullerton. Angel is an artist, a true artist. And it's one of the loveliest magazines. I mean, I'm so grateful to be part of that because when that comes out, I get to say, I'm associated with that. Isn't this wonderful? I'm so honored. So yeah, thank you. It is. It's it's a great work that you're doing, Robert. And you know, when I do anything, whether it's writing, uh, speaking, having a show like this, I always just ask the angels to let the, the people that need the message be aware of it, let it come across their field of vision. And I know that trends is going out far and wide and touching those people that need to hear the messages that are in there. And thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for inviting our Ruth to write. Ruth is a wonderful writer. She has written books, um, all kinds of articles, and I can't wait to see what she will contribute to trends. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, I've developed a sense i've always been good as, in terms of feeling and i just just looking at ruth we've never met but just looking at you sitting there i just knew you you would you know if you so do so you would make you would make a wonderful contribution so i, I would have no doubt about that thank you yeah and you're getting appreciation from our audience people are saying oh. for your work robert and uh, Jean Lorio is here and she says, we need the peace and wisdom of trees. Absolutely. You know, here in Colorado, they have these beautiful aspen trees. They're one of my favorite trees in the whole world. And do you want to talk about the aspen, about how they're all oh, a family? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. My um, father-in-law used to, before he passed, he would call them quakies. Oh. He grew up on a plateau in Western Colorado where you couldn't like see another home, nonetheless, go visit it. But he called them quakies. And the Aspen are so beautiful, but what we have found out is that they're actually all connected underground with this amazing root system. And so truly what affects one really does impact the rest of the, the rest of the Aspen. And, such a message for us about how we are interconnected. Mm -hmm. Talk about community, right? <laughs> In the true sense. <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I really appreciate both of you being here. I'd like for you to take time to tell if there's anything coming up that you've got going on, how people can reach you. Um, we'd like to, to hear more from you, Robert. Um, you know, I think a lot of our community is just getting to know you today. Okay. So, <laughs> so again, I hope everyone gets a chance to look at trends. It is by, um, um, uh, it is by donation. And if people cannot afford to make a donation, you just have to put zero in there and you could download the magazine. We want to make it accessible to everyone. If people are willing to make a contribution, we greatly appreciate it because it allows, because it does support us in doing our work. Um, so that's an important part of, you know, what we do. I also personally am a writer. I'm a poet. I just put out a recent book, um, see if it comes across, On a Journey. Journey. That's Poems my... from a life lived so far. So far, I love that. Oh, it's my second book. I put out another book a couple of years ago. So it's about my my journey, um, which has always been on political, spiritual. And, um, you know, um, poetry, I think, is my first true love. So, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm also, people might not know, but I'm a performer. I'm a singer. I act. I love sharing with people. There's, for me, there's nothing more wonderful because I've also been a teacher of both yoga. I've taught political science. I love sharing. I love getting an opportunity to be with other people and to just experience something with them. Because, you know, we, it just, again, I love giving and I just receive so much back. Beautiful. Can we find your book on Amazon, Robert? Yes, actually, my book, my my um, this book and the book um, prior are both available on Amazon. Okay. And is there an email or a way, a website, or a way people can reach out to you? Oh, I need to, actually. I need to develop my own webpage. So um, I can always be reached at my personal email, which I'm happy to share. And that's um, Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S-108 at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you for that. And thank again, you. still getting appreciation from our online audience. Grace says, thank you for sharing your insights, light, your lightness of being and connectedness. And thank you for providing me with this opportunity and for being able to share with you and with the community. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here and for your time today. And Dr. Ruth Anderson, what's going on with Enlightened World Network? Well, we're, as I said, we're doing our fourth year of daily meditations. We've got different shows every single day of, of the year. Terry's got a couple, well, gosh. <laughs> maybe four shows on some days she's just prolific over here um but anybody can go onto facebook and look up enlightened world network or go to youtube and type in enlightened world network we've got thousands of videos at this point in youtube and um our hosts are many of them are teaching classes and there's just a lot of opportunity there if you're interested in growing spiritually, self-transformation, walking with others. So please check us out. And absolutely. And they can reach you through? Um, through Facebook. 
is good. Ruth Anderson on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. And, and if I could just add one more thing, Terry, I also would love to encourage people to check out um, We the World's webpage at we.net. Um, yeah. Our founder, Rick Ulfick, he just created a beautiful site and he created an amazing organization. And I'd love for people to um, check it out and to be um, part of it. Absolutely. Yes. Always can find something there for everyone. Like um, Robert mentioned before, there are 11 different arms of it. So there's something for everybody if you would feel so inclined to get involved with that. And we have a message for Dr. Ruth. Your steadfast guidance and continued creation and giving, we appreciate immensely. Oh, thank you, Grace. That's so sweet. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank everybody who came in today, those who are listening live and those who will listen to the replay. And I really hope you'll check out Robert, check out his book of poems. If poetry appeals to you, it certainly does to me. And I know in the past I have put poems in Trends Magazine and will continue to do that. So thank you so much. And please support Enlightened World Network, where this is streaming through, and all of my shows stream through Enlightened World Network. What a great community, both places, We the World and Enlightened World Network. I'm so honored to be here today to host the two of you. Thank you for being with me. I love you immensely. And stay in your hearts. And we will see you next week on the Peapod. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye.